Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. We are moving right along into the new year already. Uh, this is our February podcast we're getting started on. And so January was a rough month and uh, markets weren't so happy in the month of January. And so it's uh, it's been one of those things. We're going to talk a little bit today about having money biases. And, you know, obviously the market can affect that a little bit. And maybe what it could be costing you. We got an interesting take from an article here we're going to get into. Phil, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Looking forward to, to February, getting closer to the spring. So, yeah, yeah. Although, so, uh We've got a major storm coming in this week, so we'll, oh, we'll see. Yeah, they're saying uh, biggest one in seven years. So oh, why? <laughs> well, this seems fitting then, right? As I yeah, that's right. January was not a good month. No, um, not in the markets. That's for sure. It was crazy. well. It seems like all over, right? Everybody's been sick. Everybody you yeah. know, it seems like is sick. Uh, there's been some you know extra bug going around on top of everything else. Uh, the markets definitely wound up wound up closing out with the worst month, Phil, since March of 2020. Yeah, that, so, that's what I saw. Yeah, so not uh, worst January 2020. Right? So yeah, yep, absolutely. Where's it going from here? So there's you know no reason necessarily to panic yet. We're early in the year, but mm-hmm. something to start certainly think about. It's been 12 years. Right. Yeah. So with that, without a prolonged downturn, so we are certainly more than due. So on this episode, we're going to break down this article that kind of talks a little bit about a Morningstar study. Uh, and Morningstar, Phil, if you want to let folks what, know what Morningstar is, it's a it's a pretty reputable. Uh, yeah, they're an analytics firm that um, yeah they've uh, both on the 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 data side, um, like in this case, you know, dealing with uh, non financial information, mm-hmm. you know, right. Uh, the, the human side of it, but also more the financials. So doing a lot of analytics on mutual funds, ETFs, and different investments. So Okay. So we're going to look at some of the uh, the key points and the takeaways here from this study uh, that's where, you know, it could be costing you possibly some money when it comes to your different types of accounts. And so maybe, you know, you want to listen in or kind of watch and see if this might impact you specifically and see how your biases are to try to get some of that back under control. So a couple of key points real fast was is basically everyone has different attitudes about money. No, you know, groundbreaking assertions there, right? Yep. We all, we all know that. But this new financial study from Morningstar found that 98% of respondents exhibited one or more of the financial biases that are costing them money. So we're going to break down those with these key takeaways, Phil, understanding the four main biases. So why don't you kind of run through them? What are some of the main sure. biases here? Uh, first one's going to be what they call present bias. You know, it's okay. a tendency to kind of uh, look at the here and now, right? I mean, it, we're in this now generation now, I mean, everything happens so quick, you know, you right. get it on your phone now, the microwave, you know, drive every, everything's how quick can I get it? Yeah. The instant gratification and, world. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, we, we kind of lose sight sometimes of the long term. Okay. And, right. You know, there's, that's a huge potential money bias um, in, in many fashions. I mean, just in savings. I mean, that's probably the, the biggest one is, you know, looking beyond today of, okay, what does this look like down the road, you know, for retirement? I mean, I, we're foregoing the, the long term, like the, yeah. we're not looking at the longer projections. We're just give it to me now. Yeah. Look at what, what's, what's going on right now. You know, yeah. you know, okay. so you've got to have that longer term perspective from a financial planning standpoint, but even looking at, you know, um, the markets and everything else, we, something that's similar to this, the recency bias. I mean, we're, we're, we have a tendency to look at what's going on right now and kind of forget the past. You've got the base uh, rate neglect. 
basically, yep. which is, I guess, judging that probability uh, of, of something happening based on new information. Right. Yeah. Okay. So again, kind of just looking at new information, not looking at the reality, similar to what we're talking okay. about of, you know, markets don't always bounce back as quick as they have, for instance, right now, you know, looking right. at the, the current, the, that more recency type bias. So, oh yeah, you know, this is the way it happens for getting the kind of the, some of the, the core principles of, you know, investing or markets in general, you know, mm -hmm. that okay. I mentioned it, yeah, you know, the, the reversion to the mean. I mean, if you look at a, a, an average return in the market, I always mm -hmm. tell my clients, look, if the market's averaged 8% over, you know, a long historical period of time, any point in time you're earning more than eight, you're getting too much. You're going to give it back. Well, and that probably leads to this third you one, know, which was so, overconfidence, right? right? Which is, and we've seen 12 years worth of overconfidence building. Yeah. Yeah. And overconfidence here is both that, you know, in the markets, but then even in yourself, you know, I mean, it, well, it's, true. Yeah. it's been easy being a, an investor <laughs> in the last 12 years, right? Very I mean, it, you know, Hey, the markets are going up. It's always easy investing when the markets are going up, yeah. you know, because pick an index, you know, right. you're good. Yeah. Well, well, is I think, this? Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> was I think I, I don't know if it's totally official or if I've got the numbers wrong either way, uh, but uh, twenty one I think finished off at what twenty six percent up I think overall crazy yeah something, yeah. something where I, so and then the year before that in twenty which we you know oh it was down but it was actually up right right uh, twenty was up so nineteen was up so there's been three straight years of really high well over fifteen percent uh, every year I have, oh yeah yeah so it's easy to kind of build that overconfidence to your point. Uh, right. you know, everybody you're picking, you're picking pretty well each time. Right. So right. that's, that's that one. And then you've got the, another one here, takeaway number four on this first bit, uh, the biases is the loss aversion. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's people who overly are fearful of losing the money relative to the gain. So explain that a little bit. Right. And we talked a little bit about that. I mean, a lot of times people are on one side of that equation or the other loss aversion, you know, they're too afraid of, of losing money. So they're going to be really conservative. You know, and then a lot okay. of times this happens to individuals retiring, you know, you think, okay, now I'm in retirement. I don't have this longer time horizon. Kind of get that paralysis. You know, so I, I've got to make sure I, I keep my money safe, right? So it's going right. to go in the bank or something really safe. And the, the challenge there is the flip side of the coin of uh, inflation, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, up until this year, it might've worked, you know, because inflation was relatively low. You could probably take a more conservative stance with that kind of inflation and been okay. But right. as inflation starts to bounce back and, and we come back to more of a normal state um, and inflation rises, that's just what it does, ebbs and flows, like the markets, like interest rates, we go through these ups and then downs, it goes back and forth. So you have to have investments that'll keep up with that. You know, yeah. so I mean, that, that's the biggest convert, uh, concern there is um, not taking enough risk. You have to have risk to keep up with inflation. Right. Well, yeah, too. Especially today's inflation, right? So we're definitely yeah. dealing with a lot Absolutely. more. So, okay. So that's kind of the main takeaway. So let's go to takeaway number two, Phil. Low levels of money bias equals better financial health. What's that kind of mean to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just looking at the biases and recognizing them, you know, and, and, and if you don't have these biases, you know, if, if you're I don't want to say level-headed, but if you're you're approaching it more of a, you know, not not having one of these biases one way or another, over the long run, you're going to have better financial decisions, a better health. You know, so if you're not okay. 
to loss aversion. You know, you don't know, not don't have that, that fear of losing money as much. Understanding that that's part of investing, right? And then understanding how to position it so that it doesn't harm you. You know, you're going to have a, a long term better result, and it, it, you're going to be more comfortable in, in retirement in that process too. Because knowing that hey, it's going to happen, I can't prevent it. Yeah, you know, but I need to have risk, and this is how we're going to position it. I'm okay. Well, in the study, they, they put the research revealed that people who had low levels of present bias were three times as likely to spend less than their income. That they were seven times more likely to plan ahead. That sounds like a good thing, right? Yeah. And I mean, really, it comes down to planning, you know, versus oftentimes these biases lead into reaction, right? It's all, everything you do is based on a reaction. Okay. You're reacting sure. to what's going on. Versus if you've run the numbers, you've got a plan, yeah. you know, these things are going to happen. We know markets are going to be volatile. We know we're going to have inflation. We're going to, you know, all these different things aren't new. This is not a surprise. It happens. True. True. Right. You know, so you, you need to understand that. And if you have a, that longer term perspective built into a plan, understanding, Hey, we, we've talked about this. And if this happens, this is how we're going to handle it. Um, yeah. You have that long-term goal you're going to, or long-term perspective, you're going to be better off in the, in the end. Well, you're not losing point, sight of what's going on today, but you've right. got to, you know, understand today through the lens of the long-term. Well, to the point that we just made of, of the market being so volatile in, in January, a lot of conversations I've been having with advisors is, um, are you getting a lot of phone calls, right? You know, when mm -hmm. it gets really volatile, people yep. tend to get nervous. Well, yep. if, you're, if your biases are, are not there, if you're not as stressed out by these things, you're in better financial health, Yes. Most advisors are saying, you know, no, because they work with me or they work with our firm, yeah. they've got a good plan. They're not necessarily reacting to the news. You have a few people occasionally, right? Sure. But Absolutely. they're not necessarily overreacting to the news. They might say, hey, do we need to make any adjustments yeah. or have you already preemptively done that? And a lot of times, Phil, that's what you've already done. The plan is taking into account ebbs right. and flows. Yeah. And we've already, you know, the same point I, I have with my clients, you know, we, I don't get that many calls in markets like this, or, you know, as even when we went through the, the pandemic timeframe, which it was steeper and quicker, right? Because it's something we've talked about, not that it was going to happen that quick, but Hey, we know it's going to happen. Right. We're going to lose yeah. money. Yeah. You know, markets are going to go down. Where is that position? How are we had well, against and it's it? your later money too. You're right. And it's you're, later. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're not touching that money for 10 or more years. So the way at least we structure it, we've got time on our side for that money. And that's, yeah. that really helps clients avoid some of these biases of, yeah, I understand the markets are down and yeah, that's going to affect me some, but it's over here. My income that I'm getting today is coming from here and that's not doing that. So I'm okay. Yeah. It's when you sell it and lock in those losses. That's that when you, you have all the harm. Uh, so takeaway number three here, it says solution, build a money life that fits your priorities. So Morningstar's authors call in for putting speed bumps in to yep. place uh, slow decision-making processes in front of kind of like barriers, if you will, I suppose, yeah. so that you're not making these overly emotional reactions. And, and right. some of this could be preemptive to say, hey, we may see a really rough year in 22 from, from a financial standpoint in the markets. Are you going to be able to keep your emotions in check to make those decisions soundly? And that's huge value, I think, in, in working with an advisor like yourself, that's, because absolutely. that's what you do. You yep. know, you're like, yeah, and you, I mean, hey, you know, at the end of the day, that's the important part of understanding biases is that the, the biases are really affected with emotion. Right. I mean, that, that's right. really what drives these biases is emotion. 
And if you're acting on that emotion, nine times out of 10, decisions made emotionally quickly are not going to be a good decision. You know? <laughs> Anybody just, who's lived. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. because they, you know, that, that fight or flight, the panic, you know, we're, yeah. we're acting at the wrong time with very narrow information and, and what we think is happening today, not this bigger long-term picture. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, most of the times, if you, a year, two years down the road, get to look back and you would have said, I probably should have done something. I would have done something different. It's easier for us. Granted, it's not our money. It's, it's not you know? your money. Right. Yep. But at the end of the day, I mean, to me personally, I still feel like I've got skin in the game with my clients. I feel responsible. I mean, this is, they that's trusted great. me yeah. to help them through retirement. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm not going to give them what I would, you know, wrong advice, something that I wouldn't do, but, right. and that's our goal to your point is to help clients map it out, do the financials and, you know, the, the investing, but also then help them walk through these emotional yeah, decisions exactly. that they have to make. And I always tell my clients, look, give me a call, please talk to me first before you just do something, you know, right, let's talk yeah. it through. I, at the end of the day, it's not my money. It's yours. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're not I'm asking. Not, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, between you and your money, you yeah. don't have to ask me permission. It's yours. Right. You know, but I, I'd rather, if you want, here's my insight. And this is what I think it's up to yeah. you. Do what you want. Well, well, so many of us do kind of get into that thing where we go through many stages of life where we're like, well, we adopt that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission kind right. of mentality. But, you know, when you're working with an advisor, if you call them up and, and bounce something off of them and they don't agree with your idea, let's say I called you up, Phil, and said, hey, I want to, you know, make this move to this. I heard this company's going to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And you tell me you don't think it's a good idea based on my plan. Ultimately, it doesn't mean that, you know, you've said no and I can't do it. It's my choice. But right. I've asked you for your feedback and, and kind of to the, some points that they made with this in order to kind of build some emotional, you know, uh, speed bumps in there. Um, maybe wait three days before making a financial decision. Something comes up, something presents itself. If it's good today, will it still be good in three days? That's right. a simple way to do that. To your point, reach out to your advisor bounce it off of them. That's another way. Uh, you could also set some rules that says like selling, uh, selling stocks after a 10% gain. How do you feel about that? Like you've made 10% in this. Should we maybe, you know, uh, scale it back? Yeah. And again, it's, um, it's easy to get greedy, right? When, when things are going good, we want more of what's, what's working, Sure, you know, yeah. but it, again, having some rules around that to say, well, would you put everything in one investment? Because that's done really well, you know? Right. Probably Maybe not. Hopefully year, not. Yes, it's, it's done right. really well this year, but how is it done over the long term? Right. You know, that's why asset allocation and having different investment um, strategies in a portfolio work, right? They, they complement each other in, in different years and react differently, you know? So again, right. that's yeah. where this comes into play. Yeah. Having some kind of rule around that and, and not, not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea at all. You know, no. it's like going to go to the casino, right? I mean, you feel good True. when you're winning and yeah. you always throw some more yeah. in there, but you know, it, at some point you're going to lose. So yeah. If you're riding up some the rules around yeah. to say, here's what I've got. This is what I'm going to spend. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're going up to Mount Pleasant or Soaring Eagle or whatever, yep, yeah. Yep. Have some rules in place. Um, okay. So basically at the end of the day, looking inward, which money biases do you see present among your clients? Is there anything that in general sticks out with you? Uh, maybe not necessarily your clients, but maybe just, mm -hmm the public at large, right? When someone's reaching out to you for help, what are some of those things that initially kind of, you know, present themselves among today's retirees? 
I mean, retirees, a lot of times the loss aversion is a big one. <clears throat> you know, I, I run into that, I think, more than, than those that are still wanting to, you know, take a higher level of risk. Okay. Um, because granted, this the is what they have. I mean, yeah. right. They, I've worked and saved and this is the money I have to live on the rest of my life. <clears throat> so I can't afford to lose it. Yeah. You know, but there's other ways to lose it versus the market. So you've got to understand both sides of it. So we're in protection mode usually, yeah. which but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that with a portion of the money, but the, there's other risk you have to protect against the market's one aspect, you know? So, yeah. and then yeah. the, the other big one is going to be that recency bias, you know, just not looking at the bigger picture, you know, focusing more on what's going on right now and making decisions just on that versus running that decision through this long-term lens of, okay, does it fit my plan long-term? How does it fit in? So okay. those are probably so, the two biggest biases I would say I, I see just in general. And that's where I can help clients with those is, you know, constructing a plan and then walking through that process so that um, you're never going to take the bias away. It is what it is, but then it's part of your DNA usually recognize it. Right. They're usually, if you get back to the end of the day, when somebody has a bias, there's a reason for it. It's an experience that they've right, had. Yeah. Can you identify the fact that you have some biases? And then if you do, then what do you do to maybe, you know, set offset those, the lower you can keep those biases. Typically the study has found the better your yep. financial health. And if you do have them putting in some speed bumps, circuit breakers, if you want to mm -hmm. use the stock market term, right? They've got yep. those circuit breakers when things got really crazy uh, yep. back in, in the pandemic free fall, those breakers kick in to stop it from going too far. Right. 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 Same kind yep. of idea. Everyone did take a halt, kind of step back for a second, you know, let the emotions settle a little bit so you can make a yeah. more clear-minded decision. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. And, and typically in the Morningstar is, uh, I've often found in a lot of their studies that, you know, working with an advisor, there is definitely value. The, the value that you get is certainly worth the, the fees that you typically pay, depending right. on the person you're working with. Obviously it's all part of making sure that you're finding the right one for you. But traditionally you find that they does bring that extra value to the table because of that experience and that decision-making process when times are tougher. And right. that's been the tough spot of the last 12 years, Phil, is that yes, to your point times it's, have been really good, you know, so people, it's, it's yeah, good. but yeah. you know, as, as it maybe we creep into this territory of this, this crazy inflation we're dealing with and all the problems that the world's got going on, you know, something, something is possibly on the horizon and we have a prolonged downturn is got to be there soon. And that's when people get nervous. That's when people make yep. mistakes and that's when they lock in those mistakes. So definitely yes, make yeah. sure that you're talking with an advisor, having a conversation, see if you can identify your money biases. We'll put a link to the article in the show notes. So if you want to check that out as well, that way you can kind of dig a little deeper if you'd like to, but if you've got questions or you've got biases, reach out to Phil, as he said, you know, call me, bounce something off of me. Let's talk about it before you make that decision. And you can reach out to him at 248-888-7530. That's 248 888-7530. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's on the screen, philstaxacts.com. We've got the video placed there as well. So whether you're listening to it in audio form or video form, definitely do yourself a favor, reach out to a financial professional like Phil before you take any action. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist. Phil, thanks for hanging out with me and talking about this biases. So I guess, do you have any of your own? Um, I mean, probably the overconfidence, you know, okay. just, I mean, as a financial advisor, as an advisor. You know, it's easy to think, oh, you know, I know I've got this and, you know, my personally, mine probably is not risk aversion, but 
That's it is what it is. I'm, I'm still younger. So, I mean, I've got, I've got time too. I'm on a different horizon than, than most of the right. clients I deal with. And that's a big piece of it is understanding where you're at. You know, time horizon. And, yeah. Yep. How that can affect you. So, and often we see two different types in a, in a relationship, right? So yeah. you're probably one way, your wife's probably another. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's My- the, and that's the interesting part to me always is working with that couple and, and helping them see that, you know, because yeah. A lot of times it hasn't come up to this point. One of them is the the predominant financial person, yep. you know, but as they get to this point of retirement, they oftentimes the, the other spouse comes in and is more involved in it because now they're concerned. Hey, you're not going to work anymore. Where's this <laughs> right. monthly money coming from? I want to make sure this is going to work. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, not only your own bias, but also the bias with inside the the, uh, the family dynamic. So that's yep. going to do it for us this week. Don't forget to reach out to Phil if you got some questions. As I said, I gave out the information. You can find it in the show notes as well. And we'll see you next time on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.